On this episode of the Future One web series and podcast, we meet Nelson Chen from The Neutral Project. He was previously a research analyst at BlackRock and a research consultant at WorldQuant. He studied computer science at Georgia Tech and finance at the University of Texas. Neutral Dollar went live two weeks ago and is a meta-stable basket of stable coins. The result is a digital dollar which has lower volatility and combines fragmented pools of liquidity and is an entirely new blockchain-native financial instrument. The on-chain token process revolves around the profit-seeking behavior of rational arbitrators and mimics the properties of a traditional ETF in a fully transparent way. To learn more, visit their blog at blog.neutralproject.com and their Telegram channel. The material contained on this web series and podcast is for informational purposes only and should be not construed as an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell any security, nor is it to be construed as any investment advice. I'm really, really excited to learn about your project. Um, you know, I've been recently joining um, some of the discussions on the DeFi Telegram channel. And, you know, I saw you guys um, as one of the, you know, interesting projects. Um, I'm, I'm also meeting, I think, Set Protocol uh, later this week and a couple other interesting um, projects as well. But, you know, I, I, was, I was interviewing a bunch of funds earlier and now I just think it's important to just spend time with a lot of projects. Um, yeah, so, yeah. you know, super, super excited to learn more, you know, about you and your team. Um, you know, maybe a couple things that we can start with. And, you know, I have, have a couple ideas on what we can talk through, but also happy to, you know, get your thoughts on, you know, topics too. But I guess maybe we can start with your background, um, a little bit about how you got into crypto and then about your team and how, the project kind of came together. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, let's just kind of keep it informational. Feel free to, uh, I guess, sort of interject or something, but yeah, really cool that I think you're trying to learn more about some of the project, especially in the DeFi space, because I think, um, you know, yeah. I think the excitement towards like, you know, like the applications on Ethereum, right, can actually point to like these sort of financial services, which is probably like, I think the most immediate use case for blockchain technology in kind of some cases, you know, like, Bitcoin was kind of the first like sort of coin, like the first peer-to-peer uh, -peer electronic cash system. And uh, we're just kind of building on that sort of foundation or whatnot to actually have like, you know, these uh, more accessible financial services like using blockchain, which is uh, pretty cool. So yeah, DeFi is uh, definitely, I think, uh, I, I expect a lot of uh, cool, exciting and unique stuff to come out of that. But essentially, um, yeah, just to give a little background about myself, uh, my name is Nelson. Um, I currently uh, reside in San Francisco, and I work on the business side of the mutual team. Um, previously, you know, before I was in crypto, I worked in, you know, traditional investment management. Um, I particularly worked with, like, you know, like factor investing as well as, you know, kind of like the whole passive investing side of the business. And uh, I got into crypto um, you know, kind of the same reason as like everybody else, right? Like, oh, did you cut the video or you're back? Okay. Yeah. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> great. Okay, great. So um, I pretty much joined crypto similar to like the same I, uh, idea as everybody else, right? Like I think the price activity, I would say like early in 2017, like, you know, really uh, like piqued my interest. 
but I think it was uh, very unique because um, I had dabbled in like sort of like Bitcoin a little bit before, but like getting to really, I think, understand like, you know, how we can actually like use blockchain te technology and like kind of um, alter how we make decisions and like, you know, how we can sort of like, uh, I guess, uh, validate, you know, certain transactions in a fairly, I guess, like, you know, non-centralized way was like something that was, I think, uh, very interesting. Because uh, when I kind of look at like sort of the past paradigm shifts of, you know, like, you know, like some sort of like way that we um, humans interact is really how we actually change behavior, right? And so like technology is kind of one of the biggest things for like, you know, now like, you know, everybody has a phone, now everyone has like a social media account and then like blockchain is just like a new way to actually approach an idea or something. And for me, like, I think that really spoke to me because I'm like, wow, like, you know, there are so many different applications that you can do with blockchain that hopefully are either more transparent or accessible. And I think those are kind of the things that, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully see come more in the future. And I think that's really what got me excited. Um, I also got to, I guess, uh, reach, uh, meet the neutral team. Um, they reached out to me and they were sort of building, I think, or they had a mission, right, to actually improve, I think, the, uh, the, the crypto, like, market infrastructure at the time. Like, you know, like, there is a lot of ways to get exposure to the crypto industry but like still when you compare it to like you know traditional assets it's still very like nascent you know and like you know to get exposure is actually like very difficult in many different ways and uh one of the ways i think um like you know markets can actually mature right is building these sort of um aggregate instruments and that's kind of um my interest in crypto as well as kind of uh my history and kind like this um, traditional asset management really helped is because, you know, I have, I think that perspective and that sort of interest or whatnot to, um, I guess, draw parallels from this sort of like uh, traditional way of thinking and then uh, kind of like carry that forward and hopefully making you know, crypto markets a little bit more safe and efficient. And I create instruments that people can uh, invest with or whatnot and in, uh, in a safe manner. So um, yeah, that's kind of, uh, I guess, how it started. Um, the neutral team is uh, comprised of, I think, uh, People with uh, very relevant knowledge, um, our background kind of comes in like trading, investing, as well as like, you know, deep blockchain knowledge. Like everyone, I think, you know, has some sort of core knowledge and expertise on uh, kind of what we're building. And uh, pretty exciting, I think, because, uh, yeah, we just launched our first product less than like two weeks ago. And it uh, takes a lot of very similar ideas, but like does it in a very decentralized and sort of, uh, I guess, like crypto manner, right? It's like, you know, like we sure. think of like traditional products. Um, sometimes being a little bit complex for like the retail user and it's a little bit, I think, whisked away, like how does it benefit the user directly? And we're trying to like yeah. take some ideas, like the, the very, I think, um, like, I guess, uh, the more, um, I think complex products and we're trying to dilute the messaging down that the retail users can use, but it's still complex enough for institutions to kind of, um, like work with and, uh, make use of. So, uh, pretty exciting blend. Sure. And Nelson, when you... Yeah, no, that's great. And, you know, when you worked in investment management, what what area or what team were you on? Were you on kind of the portfolio management side or um, was it a different group? Yeah, uh, so I, 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 was, yeah I work mainly in like kind of like a analytics and research focused area. So my background is both in like finance and computer science, right? So it's um, really, I think, I think more methodol method methodical approach, right, towards investing. And so one of the most relevant ways is, you know, like kind of what you think of as like thematic or factor based as well as like, you know, kind of the ETF business. 
So like, you know, ETS, mm-hmm. um, you can have some sort of like, you know, focus on how you sort of design these products or whatnot. And uh, these are, I think, interesting instruments because, you know, what we think of like, you know, generally in the financial markets, right? Like a lot of, I think, different strategies or whatnot are pretty constrained in terms of like liquidity as well as like AUM. And then like, these are kind of one of the few pockets that are both uh, attractive for institutional and retail investors and actually like get better with size. And so, you know, it's kind of like these, these aspects or whatnot, if you take it on the crypto, right? Like that's why we really believe that it can sort of uh, make markets a little bit more mature is because, you know, we're actually like, I think uh, making like one repackaging risk and two, you know, like aggregating the liquidity together. Right. And so that like, it makes, you know, exposure to the crypto market a little bit better. Yeah, and even on the public markets, they're not really reinventing the wheel, right? If you look at Betterment, it's really a wrapper on top of Vanguard products. Um, you yeah, know, if you yeah. ever, I had a Betterment account for a while, and uh, I was drilling down into the holdings and the, the different um, ETFs that they have, and they're all just Vanguard ETFs. Yeah. So it's kind of like one layer. Uh, so they're ba- it's almost like they're weighting and balancing different ETFs. Um, yeah. Like, you know, as opposed to just kind of investing in an ETF that's already yeah. balanced. Like those uh, robo-advising firms, I think, are generally like, I think, marketing tactics. Like, I think model yeah. have been around for quite a while. Like, you know, we have target data. Yep. It's the same thing, and you're just optimizing sure. based on some sort of, like, I guess, parameters when you're, like, you know, considering portfolio construction or whatnot. But, like, you know, it's yeah. kind of to your same idea, right, where it's like, you know, you have these sort of existing, like even like ETFs, right? You have these existing individual mm-hmm. assets that you're building on top of, and then you like, you know, yeah. repackage it to ETFs. And then you have these sort of like, you know, model portfolios, right? Which kind of suggest different, like, you know, retirement advice or whatnot to like, you know, invest in these allocations. That's working on top of like ETFs itself. Yeah. So it's sort of repackaging. I wouldn't say like it's the, sure. the same idea, but like it's just making it a little bit more digestible and maybe I think a little bit, um, uh, like it gets more direct, I think, across to the user, right? Like instead of like, you know, managing yeah. all those individual assets, right? You know, you can buy an ETF instead of like managing different sort of like sector mm-hmm. and that ETF, you know, you can buy this sort of Sure. Portfolio. So yeah, it's uh Yeah, no, totally. And I, the closest analogy that I would make uh, on the crypto space is, you know, Coinbase, um, you know, looking at the Coinbase app versus the more advanced users that are, you know, going into Bitrix and actively trading or now they got these tools like Tagomi that automatically finds you the cheapest price across all the exchanges. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think, uh, you know, that's the closest analogy I can think of. And, you know, Betterment is great for millennials that just want to get started. They, you know, they have a really slick app where you kind of turn the dial and the dial kind of changes color based on your risk profile. It's, it's not as glamorous looking when you go into vanguard.com and you um, directly invest, but the fees are much cheaper. And it's the same thing with Coinbase Pro, right? If you use Coinbase Pro, you could buy, you know, back when, you know, Bitcoin was three or $4,000 in December, you know, your fees on Coinbase Pro were like 11 bucks versus if you went on Coinbase, it'd be like 50, 60 bucks. Um, so that's, but you know, on my end, that's the only analogy I can make to public markets, but I'd love to learn a little bit more about neutral dollar, you know, went to the website, um, you know, and hopefully you can just do a quick walkthrough uh, with a screen share in a few minutes, but I guess the concept, you know, and the mission of the team, um, are they pegging to the US dollar? Is it a stable coin? 
um, that's pegged to a bunch of stable coins and it's kind of like a balanced bucket. Um, I, I think for me, it'd be helpful and maybe also the audience to kind of dive a little further on um, the product and, and the goals of um, uh, some of the offerings you guys have. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think that's definitely a good start. We have like kind of a website that really focuses on the neutral dollar. But, you know, just to kind of back yeah. out a little bit, um, like neutral as a company, right, is really, I think, mm -hmm. uh, I kind of described the mission, right, is, you know, we're trying to like improve market infrastructure. And, but really, I yeah. think the selling point that we're doing about neutral is like we've created this really interesting economic mechanism that takes this idea mm -hmm. of like a creation or redemption from an ETF, but does it in sort of a decentralized manner. So like, you know, we can sort of describe any neutral product as simply a decentralized ETF. And you can create, you know, any sort of neutral product. Like, you know, you can do top five ERC-20 assets or like, you know, basket different assets on chain. And, but I think the unique construction of the any sort of neutral product is that you can take asset A. If it, let's say like, you know, a neutral product comprises of two different assets, asset A and asset B. You can exchange asset A for the composite exposure, which would represent A and B. And then similarly, you can also take this basket exposure and redeem it for, you know, asset B. And this is different from, okay. I would say, like any asset-backed securities because, you know, when you create this sort of asset-backed security, you, you kind of need like all different components, right? Like if you have like, if you're trying for your market maker and you're trying to like create one share of, you know, the S&P 500 ETF, right? You need pretty much like all top 500 stocks. And then when you redeem it, right, you just get all top 500, um, I guess, stocks underlying the S&P. And, you know, it, it, it kind of restricts, I think, the use of the utility overall of like this sort of mechanic. And so what we wanted to do, right, is we can do this in a decentralized way, right, where like, you know, people would actually find a lot more use cases for the redemption. And so, you know, like just, just because I think it makes more sense, right, because then it's either you actually have the different use cases for the underlying assets, but you can still, you know, get this sort of basket exposure for different um, sort of purposes. And so, you know, just to sort of, uh, yeah, prove our use case, um, initially we decided to work on this neutral dollar concept, which is essentially mm -hmm. the same uh, neutral mechanism, but applied to stable coins. And really, I okay. think the, the, the interesting thing is like, you know, neutral dollar is a stable coin because it is backed by stable coins, right? It's, it's not like inherently, yeah, sure. you know, like just like it's pegged to a dollar. It's, it's referencing a dollar because it's backed by stable coins that are also pegged to a dollar. So I think that's like an interesting distinction, <laughs> right? But like even yeah. I think if you look at like stablecoin trading, even the crypto market, like in between stablecoin pairs, like, you know, they have some of the largest volumes that you sort of see outside of like, you know, different major assets in crypto like BTC or Ethereum. And generally like, you know, what we're trying to do is like, you know, like uh, one, create a better uh, user end product with the neutral dollar itself, right? Like anyone can buy the neutral dollar uh, ERC-20 token. And this represents this sort of diversified exposure, like based on financial theory, right? You just have pretty much like hedge credit risk and lower volatility. And then, you know, okay. we also want to uh, sort of uh, promote the underlying liquidity of these sort of constituents, right? So like, for example, right, if you have PAX and you want to get into USDC, you can use this sort of like neutral dollar uh, ecosystem and like use that to facilitate your uh, transaction or whatnot. And we think this is actually uh, very, very important because like, um, I would say like, like standalone stable coins or most of them, I would say in the context of fiat backed stable coins, um, have certain processes that are not like directly observable 
in sort of the crypto world, right? Like some sort of, I guess, like trader or some sort of person needs to like have the appropriate operational and like, I guess, regulatory licenses to deposit fiat. And then so like, you know, these stable coins, right, have um, some sort of processes that aren't directly uh, observed by the market and also have, you know, this sort of implied credit risk. And then when you actually work with sort of the neutral dollar, right, like everything is sort of priced and observable by market participants. And that's why we really think it's more advantageous or whatnot, because like, you know, like when you're actually working with the underlying liquidity, right, it actually makes a little bit more sense to actually engage in the existing arbitrage opportunities that might exist with these current stable coins, but also work on the additional layer on top of that. And so what we think is it actually makes a lot more dynamic system, right, to actually work with like sort of every different stable coin need. And so, you know, like, for example, if neutral dollar, right, doesn't serve a certain use case in like DeFi and like, you know, DAI is a lot more supported, right? But you're also concerned about sort of that uh, DAI price stability. You can, you know, hold a neutral dollar and then when you need to use DAI, right, just redeem neutral dollar into DAI. And so we're, what we're trying to do is like, you know, exemplify every single sort of uh, stablecoin application in the market by uh, working with, I think, uh, stablecoins and building the sort of complementary solution or whatnot. Um, that sort of uh, benefits, you know, any user for any sort of need. Sure. No, that's great. And I think Paxos was in the in the press recently for being able to have that mechanism to redeem, I think, immediately or within the same day or something like that. But I think that's very powerful, too, because sometimes you can kind of get locked up and not be able yeah. to redeem yeah. uh, when you want to. Um, and it sounds so can you so walk me through a scenario. So there's there's uh you know in the ecosystem you have packs and you have the US dollar um are you saying that you would you know uh, yeah can you just walk me through that um that interaction with those two types of currencies um and then how that would you know interplay with uh with your platform yeah yeah so i think uh interesting distinction with some of these uh like i guess fiat back stable coins in that like creation and redemptions of these standalone stable coins are actually very instantaneous and so you know okay. neutral dollar right like you know for example if you're trying to redeem large sums into like let's say packs you know and they do maybe advertise a sort of immediate redeemability but let's say you're trying to redeem like you know a large portion of the total market cap and for them yeah. right, it could be a little bit difficult to actually honor that immediately and so you know using sure. to like spread out your different sort of uh, stable coins to under to redeem on against the underlying right I think like you mm -hmm. know in that case but essentially like I think a distinction to make about the neutral dollar right is that the the intrinsic I guess um, price is based on the like kind of the underlying right but the neutral dollar on secondary exchanges you can essentially make a market on the exposure and what I kind of mean by that is like you know there's a secondary price for neutral dollar and there's kind of like the primary market price that's related to redemption dollar right okay so, got it yeah. so is it so higher when you redeem it or is it lower when you redeem it it depends on essentially how you acquire it right and so i think that okay it works on that sort of additional layer like for example right like you know let's say like packs or something is trading at like um a dollar and one cent right so what you would, for what a trader would do right is you know they would print more packs and then pretty much like take profits until packs meets that dollar parity right and that's sort of like, I guess, the same idea as like neutral dollar, right? It's like, you know, even though neutral dollars kind of um, works on top of PACs, you know, you have that additional opportunity. But if you also collateralize PACs for neutral dollar and neutral dollar in a secondary exchange, right, is trading at a premium, 
then essentially you can uh, collateralize and then like arbor away that difference additionally. So like it. it works kind of like the both ways for the creation and redemption, similar to an ETF contract or increase the overall supply based on like the, the outstanding, dem outstanding demand as well as the pricing of like, you know, these underlying stable coins. So like it doesn't yeah, it doesn't whisk away any like opportunity that already exists at the market, but also like adds additional, I think, uh, components and like, I guess, uh, more, I think, liquidity routing within the current stablecoin landscape. Got it. No, totally makes sense. And then, so, you know, it's, it's a good distinction for the audience too, to just understand the, the project versus the, you know, neutral dollar product. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what are some other baskets of stable coins that, um, you think are good to um, to bubble up, you know, in your in your, some of your offerings um, as kind of like a canned investment product. Do you see that kind of um, you know bubbling up as something that you know people can just kind of get access to or exposure to as kind of like a um, a bucket of different stable coins together? Yeah. So like um, like anyone can pretty much access our platform, right? Like it's available on our website. Yeah. We have like existing stable coins, you can that are supported by neutral dollar, you can collateralize or take neutral dollar and redeem directly in our platform. We also um, yeah. have neutral dollar listed on uh, two different exchanges right now. One is DDEX and one is okay. Right, so if you don't have a component stable coin or you just want to get it on like a set, like on a different exchange besides our platform, right? Mm -hmm. You can acquire neutral dollar. But essentially, like I think, Got it. even though neutral dollar is a product, I would sort of classify it more as like an ecosystem for kind of the reasons I described. Right? Yeah. If we, if we got think, it. yeah, it's like, I would say like, if you think about the market, right, it's not like everybody's kind of like a completely rational actor and like everyone has a sort of, sure. everyone has like this sort of different utility. People have different needs and wants in kind of like the most immediate term. And what we're trying to do is like, you know, sort of uh, bring that messaging, that neutral dollar, you know, is really, I think the instrument that pre presents, I would say like an option to like, I guess, um, any uh, sort of stablecoin use case. So like, you know, for end users, right? If you're like using stablecoins to sort of manage your crypto exposure, like neutral dollar makes sense, right? Because it's um, lower credit risk and it also has lower volatility than these other stablecoins. For traders, right? Uh, working, I guess, with our uh, execution and pricing just presents an opportunity to like either engage in stablecoin arbitrage or facilitate liquidity based on operations. And then for like different platforms and institutions, right? Like who own a lot of, um, I would say, like stable coins, but don't rebalance or manage, I guess, like their overall operations. Like neutral dollar already presents this opportunity where you have the underlying exposures that you might already have, but it has this sort of um, autonomous rebalancing component based on like everybody else's activity, right? That serves as a natural way to actually like manage uh, for portfolio management against like stable coins. And that's really, I think, sure. what we're trying to advertise, right? It's like, you know, there's different levels and like different use cases depending on the person because, you know, people have different reasons to use stable coins. And so, you know, like yeah. a standalone stable coin, right, is kind of limiting. And I would say like all the different use cases you can do, right? And there's also like these sort of operational barriers. And what we're trying to do is like make it just a lot more easier to work with stable coins for whatever, I guess, use case um, with the neutral dollar. Got it. And on the institutional side, you know, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, actively managed funds now getting into digital currencies. Um, which entities on the institutional side do you think are going to be the early adopters really, um, you know, going gung-ho on, on stable coins? Is it, 
more of kind of family offices doing some direct investing, trying to get involved and, you know, play around with the technology? Or are you seeing people like Fidelity, um, you know, having a certain allocation or um, certain uh, budget to just kind of, you know, play around with the with the stable coins? And what, what is motivating them, do you think, um, on the institutional side to want to get into stable coins? Yeah, so I would actually say, like, as far as, like, you know, family offices and, like, you know, big, I guess, institutions like Fidelity, right? Um, I would say, like, they're, they're the depth of knowledge with stable coins that they might have and, like, kind of what they're um, trying to, I guess, focus on, right, might not necessarily be directly compatible with stable coins. You know, they're probably still Got just it. getting wet and they're just like, you know, if I just, you know, what I want to invest in the majors, how can I, like, acquire and, like, custody it? Like, these, I think, are more immediate problems. But the people who sure. want to use stable coins right now are people like involved in crypto lending as well as trading desks. And these are, I would sort of categorize institutions that are really working. Like obviously trading desks, right, is managing flow and then like mitigating risk and managing this sort of uh, collateral with stable coins. And then the crypto lending uh, institutions, right, is also like managing supply and demand imbalances, which sort of the stable coins they support. Like for example, right, like, you know, like we work with uh, or we're talking as as well to these lending institutions if they offer different interest rates based on supply and demand for like stable coins. Sure. So work underlying liquidity with neutral dollar, right? And capture the sort of interest rate differential. And so like, I think yeah. that's kind of the advantage, right? That we're trying to provide is that, you know, like there is an immediate use case right now, but I think until one of the most difficult things with the neutral dollar is really, I would say like the messaging, right? Because to really understand neutral dollar, right? You need to, know stable coins, which to know stable coins, you need to know blockchain, like you need to know why, you know, there's this sort of issuing of this sort of dollar and why can't you trade with dollars or whatnot? Like what's the point of a stable coin? And then like the neutral dollar concept, right? Like why does it make sense from a financial like sort of uh, application or whatnot? And, you know, I think that's kind of the biggest point because we're like, we're really on that far side of the spectrum. And then like, you know, yeah. that you kind of mentioned like fidelity, like, just barely like right here, right? So like they yeah. really have to go down the rabbit hole, right? To really understand like sort of the powerful use cases that a neutral dollar has. Sure. And the other reason why I ask is, you know, I, I've spent some time with a lot of these family offices kind of educating them. And I'll say about 18 months ago, it was a 101 uh, blockchain. It's kind of like, hey, you know, this is what blockchain is. It's not Bitcoin. Um, and now these days, uh, they're reading up on different projects and they're kind of educating me. But, you know, it's good insight for you to kind of share that they're not ready for stable coins yet. It's still a little early, but who knows, you know, in 16 months, um, mm -hmm. you know, 16, 18 months, we may have, you know, a different conversation. Um, and I guess for the audience, what are some resources that they, you know, that some of the, you know, listeners could use to kind of just get up to speed on how a stable coin works and, you know, are there popular blogs? Uh, I'm assuming they could probably just read your yeah. blog, but yeah, um, so if it's, if your blog is even too advanced for them, what's kind of something where they can start to just understand the construction and the utility of a, of a um, stable coin? Yeah. So I would definitely, I would say go to our medium um, also because I write them. So okay. Everyone like, likes this interview and likes the content that mm -hmm. they were also trying to make yeah in our media and we, we really start small it's like you know what's a stable coin what's the landscape oh and, great know, what's this stable coin basket and uh something i think i would like to really point out is like you know this sort of idea of this sort of aggregate portfolio right is really i think mm -hmm. not a whole idea like you know like you see in traditional markets you know you see in mutual funds where you just like 
buy and hold, right? Yeah. How like you know it's like oh you can advertise that has like you know better risk return profile or based on like diversification or something, but. In reality, I think creating um, a basket is actually really, really difficult because you have to really consider these sort of rebalancing and liquidity concerns. Oh, right? sure. Yeah, and then like, I think that's really, I think, the killer thing, right? Because, you know, if you just buy and hold and never rebalance, right? Like, what's kind of the point of, like, you know, like using a different service or something if you could do it yourself, right? Yeah. And so we also talk about, you know, like different, like, you know, one, like, well, how do we sort of evaluate a different stable coin, right? Because, like, you know, you're like, oh, stable coins, you know, should just, Need dollar parity and like you know that's not really the case all the time right and there's kind of more to like you know the price you know there's also price discovery the utility the demand that's really associated with like the stable coin that actually makes it like you know valuable for a person and then also you know like yeah. why a basket model really makes sense and then also you know how how why you know basket models can fail and like you know i think uh you know after just kind of surveying kind of like the different sort of uh, empirical examples that we've seen even in crypto trying to create like, you know, different stable coins are creating, you know, stable coin baskets, right? Like there's, there's been, I think, a lot of fallbacks. And uh, really, I think what we're trying to do with the neutral dollar, right, is like, you know, like present this to like, hey, we've kind of also figured out this sort of idea. And we think that this really makes mm -hmm. sense. And like, you know, hopefully that is really accessible and very powerful for the user. Um, so yeah, definitely, sure. I would say like the most, I would say, um, like uh, informational is definitely our medium, but like, you know we also have a Telegram chat, okay. hundred or twenty four seven. If there's like a direct question or anything, like you know people can just sort of like go on our Telegram and ask. Uh, but yeah, what we're trying to do, right, is because like as I as we sort of like talked earlier in this um, uh, in the call or whatnot, is like you know mutual dollar, right, is I would sort of say is very complementary to the stablecoin landscape. You know, like if mm -hmm. aren't great, then we don't have anything to really work on top of because sure. It's, like, yeah. Player, right? So kind of the first step is definitely education. And the second one is like trying to like, you know, describe why it's very useful. And yeah, like we're, we're yeah. trying to like build, I think, like something that's one informational about into a dollar, but two also informational on like why stable coins are also very important. So like people can eventually. Got it. About it. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for being patient with me too, as I, as I'm wrapping my head around it and getting up to speed. So it sounds like, you know, it's the platform that supports the stable coin ecosystem. It allows you to create buckets. Um, but then the neutral dollar also correct me if I'm wrong is also a stable coin in itself. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. So okay. the, exposure okay, I got it. <laughs> the exposure of the neutral dollar is a better stable coin, I would say. So like, you know, like got it got listed on like these different sort of like metrics or whatnot. And we're pretty, I think, close to dollar parity like all the time and like also on our medium we've written like you know pretty comprehensive like risk and price analysis uh just based on sort of our simulation or whatnot about like you know how neutral dollar is supposed to work versus uh different sort of constituents or other stable coins out there sure so we're pretty early on right we're, you're building the ecosystem you're supporting um you know a lot of the infrastructure you know what what do you think is next generation, right? I, I, I truly feel a lot of the, um, you know, digital technologies, the digital currencies that are here today may not be around in the next five to seven years. And there's going to be, you know, a couple evolutions. But I guess 
what is kind of the next iteration of stable coins? Like, is there one or do you think there's going to be more assets that are going to start getting pegged besides, um, you know, commodities or dollars? Yeah. Um, you know, that's what I'm thinking, but I'd love to know, you know, your, your thoughts, you know, as the expert, I think you kind of alluded to that earlier saying, Hey, you know, you could really just, uh, have some type of store value for any type of asset, but I guess in your mind, what's, what's next in line? Yeah. So, I mean, like definitely what you kind of described is like the whole tokenization effort, right? Just like yeah. maybe appetite for like crypto native assets, right? Where their, where their value is just based explicitly on like, I guess, like crypto, right? Like maybe there's not an appetite because there's kind of a long tail with that. But, you know, if we sort of tokenize and make it more accessible, right, then it's essentially can be marked to market and just like collateralized essentially. And like it makes it, I think, more uh, appropriate for investors to use like blockchain um, technology to use. And so like, you know, we're, we're I would say like just from the perspective of like usual dollar, right, like we're, we're pretty agnostic, right? It's like, you know, if there's a very popular uh, group of assets to work with, right, then we think there's appropriate demand and, you know, we can create a neutral product out of that. And like, it doesn't have to be like something that's completely tokenized or it can just be something that's just like, you know, as I mentioned, like ERC 20, but as I kind of also alluded, right? Like our whole goal and our mission, right? Is to improve the market infrastructure. And we can sort of do this through, you know, by just improving, I would say like financial services overall, right? Like if you could do lending, you know, for like neutral dollar or like the different sort of uh, underlying stable coins, that would also be really big. Um, the exchange traded derivatives mm -hmm. market is one of the most liquid, you know, like I guess markets um, for like derivatives sure. and then like kind of building, you know, something off these sort of products, right? Like, you know, like, you know, making these derivatives against like new, neutral dollar or something would be, I think like very, very cool. Right. And then, uh, yeah. So I think it's just whatever I would say gets people more involved and gets more people, I think, uh, educated about the opportunities that actually present with this, this sort of idea of a digital dollar for now. You know, like I would say, like, you know, yeah. just at least in, the, in our horizon, right, we really want to broaden the use cases for a neutral dollar. And, you know, like sure. opportunity or whatnot kind of comes later, right? It's like we just have to be very uh, in the forefront and it's just like helping uh, users educate how to actually manage their uh, crypto exposures a lot more safety or safely. Have you guys played around with just public securities or creating like a neutral Tesla stock or a neutral <laughs> Facebook stock? Because yeah. there's been a couple, I think there was one or two exchanges in Europe um, that actually created um, a decentralized <laughs> version of the uh, public security. So they can trade kind of, you know, on the blockchain. Um, it's really the same process, but you're just using the plumbing of um, the blockchain, you know, that would be kind of, you know, just in my opinion, that might be kind of interesting to. Yeah. Yeah. To I think definitely. Cool. Yeah. One of the things is definitely liquidity. Like I know it's like a tokenized S and P, right. But uh, it, it takes, it takes yeah. like time to get people used to, but it's like um, also like, you know, what does that sort of tokenization really represent? Right. Like if you can actually, mm -hmm. like, for example, build a decentralized S and P product, right. Like would people be excited about that or something? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, there's even layers, right, to tokenization of, like, you know, these sort of securities, right, that kind of have to be into discussion, right? Because, like, you know, how yeah. can you know, make a market on that or, like, keep the price stable and everything. But, um, yeah, I, uh, as for us, right, like, we're, we, for right now, you know, as kind of the, uh, I guess, um, uh, roadmap of our, like, I guess, uh, company, 
Um, we're uh, just, you know, we consider ourselves like we're working on a layer on top of everything right now, right? So we haven't really like ventured in like, you know, what if like tokenize it. Right. And because, you know, we're only like sure. assets that already have really existed out there in crypto markets, right? And uh, yeah, just uh, that's kind of our focus for now, but like not going to say that won't change in the future. But like, you know, like we still have a lot of work to do that that's already existing out there, right? It's not like, oh, we're going to like, I guess like, yeah. work to like kind of work on sort of the horizontal layer for now because there's still a lot sure. of and I think part of the challenge is listening to users like me, right? Like you get probably get a lot of inbound requests like, hey, it would be cool if you did this or it'd be cool if you did that. And you guys have to use your own judgment and cut through all the noise because yeah. you probably got a lot of people, you know, coming to you with your wish list of what they want to um, create. So, you know, I looked at your website. Is there anything that is worth kind of showing uh, as a screen share briefly? Um, within the, you know, within your platform or anything like that. And then, you know, maybe if we, you know, for the, for the podcast, we can just kind of describe it, but if not, that's fine. But, you know, I just wanted to give, yeah, give you the I, chance like, that we have video. You know, up some stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if it's worth screen sharing because I already did okay. our own video, but like essentially on our website, neutralproject.com, right? There's a download link for anybody. Okay. Platform. And then we even have like an infographic as well as a video narrated by me, right? On how to actually work with the neutral system. So, you know, like after uh, what kind of okay. like concrete comprised our launch, right, the neutral dollar was that um, like one neutral dollar is traded on these sort of exchanges. One's KuCoin, the other one's DDEX officially, but users can also directly acquire a neutral dollar like directly on our website. And then kind of the, uh, another component is like we're, we're working with Nexo right now to offer like lending or uh, interest, right, on neutral dollar deposits from users. So like it's, it's really, I think, um, like just how do we approach neutral dollar from that sort of like monetary context? And it's like, you know, what do people like do with their money, right? It's like you can trade or you can like sort of sure. like purchase goods. And that's really what we want neutral dollar to become and like make it at least accessible for people that, you know, are willing to, I guess, participate. And yeah, so like it, it really just starts like based on our website, our medium and like our telegram and then like also checking our, our platform altogether. And uh, yeah, like, um, yeah, if there's like any questions or anything from like users or anything, like we're always happy to help on Telegram. No, that's great. What I'll do is I'll find that video and I'll plug it into the uh, the description too. That way other yeah. people can just kind of get easy access to kind of jump to it. Um, so that was, that was super helpful. Yeah. Um, I guess a couple other questions. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you guys are facing right now? Um, I guess on maybe the tech side or just kind of, uh, the education side, you know, I think you guys have a lot of resources, which I'm going to go in, uh, into and, and educate myself on and, you know, urge my, urge my audience to, but, um, I guess alongside with that, you know, what are some of the other, uh, just challenges in general with, with, uh, the landscape? Yeah, I would say neutral dollar gets better, right. As it grows bigger, because mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, like, you know, as I mentioned, like, you know, this sort of uh, idea of invest or index, right, gets better if there's kind of like a lot more AEM to work with, right? So for example, right, mm -hmm. there's a lot of neutral dollar collateral, like the order depth is larger to create and redeem, and so people can like, you know, drive larger flow and like manage the operations from there. And uh, that's kind of, I think, one of the hurdles is like, you know, it's like it's kind of chicken or egg. It's like, you know, um, how do we get people more excited, right, about like using the neutral dollar and like defining really what it's used for? And that kind of leads into the <laughs> sort of the, the second aspect, which is 
kind of the, we've already kind of harped on it uh, throughout this call, but it's like the messaging, right? It's like a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people still think like, like, oh, stable coins are worth a dollar. And you're like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> and uh, like people like traders or like people with financial backgrounds, I think really understand, right? It's like, you know, stable coins, right? Like, yeah. It never really makes sense for it to be like more than a dollar unless, you know, there's like a huge inflow into like, you know, the crypto markets. But like, you know, stable coins can be worth less than a dollar. <laughs> and like, you know, so there is sure. this, like, you know, very asymmetric risk that is already presented. And, you know, just helping people, I guess, educate why this is very important and participating is, I think, one of the biggest hurdles that we have, right? And I think that kind yeah. of for every project, right? It's like, if you spend more time, I would say, explaining yourself rather than like, having people like figure out what exactly they can do with it, right? It kind of like limits the capacity of like what you're able to achieve as a project. And so once people, I would say, realize like neutral dollar, then what neutral dollar can accomplish, then our jobs become very easy because then people will be like, oh, I can use it for this and use it for that. But right now we're just kind of like, you know, working on the feedback and just helping try to explain, I guess, the process and like the use case for yeah. Yeah. people actually get it. So like, you know, we're kind of like, I would say like, you know, like step zero to one is a lot harder than like one to 10, right? Because like once people actually get this idea, then like, you know, then I would say like the possibilities are a lot um, more limitless, right? Sure. So, yeah. So there's messaging to, so there's messaging to this community, right? The people that are going to be eventually adopting it. And then there's the regulators, right? So what's, are there any special things that you guys have? Have to do to kind of just be compliant or like work with the regulators to make sure that they're comfortable with it or is it just kind of safe because it's you know a decentralized project um yeah i guess are there any things that we need to consider with that and you know as you guys evolve are, is there going to be more stuff that you're going to have to educate the regulators on yeah so our approach has been like i guess fairly like least touch <laughs> as far like you know to like make sure that we're compliant with regulation you know like Neutral as a company is not custodial, right? Like everything just kind of exists on the smart contract. Anyone can create okay. redeem, and we don't really promise or guarantee anything, right? It's like, it's not that we're like, you know, we're going to say like neutral dollars worth $1, right? It's like neutral dollars a dollar because it's backed by stable coins that are backed by a dollar, right? So sure. it's like, it's like, you know, like it's, it's more, I think kind of like the, the mess, like as I kind of mentioned, like, you know, we're working on a layer of something that sort of like, already exists, right? So that means like the sort yeah. of the regulation or AML procedures kind of exists on the underlying, you know, and like Got what it. we're just doing is really just facilitating, you know, like what people already maybe have yep. been using or didn't know what they already uh, could use. And so like that's sure. I think what we're trying to uh, uh, deliver, so. And, you know, I think you mentioned before, so are you guys actually built on top of PAX or um, are you guys a separate blockchain in itself? Um, I guess the, you know, the way yeah. that, you know, your tech stack is built. Yeah. So like, you know, the, the stable coins that we support, which is PAX, USDC, TrueUSD, and DAI, right, are all like mm -hmm. ERC-20 tokens and then neutral dollars. Oh, okay. Got it. You know, an ERC or built on Ethereum, right? And then just like... Got it. Yeah. yeah you got it. <laughs> yep. Yes. So did you guys go through Token Foundry at all um, for as a project or you guys just choose to kind of do it on your own? Uh, I think we just kind of did it on our own, right? So yeah. we started about a year ago. We kind of did the traditional, I would say, like DC funding route, right? Like we did IEO, yep. ICO, which, which doesn't make sense, right? Because if you're building a collateral, yeah. then, you know, 
it <laughs> like <laughs> money right like we're, we're yeah really sure. you know we're not fractional or anything and like everything's completely transparent on chain and so you know like yeah. i think our approach or whatnot is we're trying to i guess like deliver quality and safe like financial products as we kind of described like you know like we're not just trying to i think over promise and then like you know under deliver right because like when we launch yeah like, already an immediate value associated with like especially neutral dollar so sure yeah no, that's great. Well, you know, this was really awesome. Now I'm going to make you feel a little uncomfortable um, <laughs> with some with some off-topic questions. I always do this at the uh, end of my interviews. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, so, what's your biggest regret? What's your biggest regret in life? Uh, like, like most recent, or like I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, guess, I mean, looking back, you know, yeah. I think traveling. I think the biggest thing, like, okay, is like perspective, right? Like how you make decisions and how like, you know, you work with people is kind of based on like, you know, like, you know, your interactions, I guess, and like your prior experiences. Right. And, you know, I think kind of like growing up, you know, especially in like today's world, you're kind of like focused, I guess, on what other people think, right. Like what you're most like, you know, you're defined by like, you know, your top five people that like you hang out closest to you. Right. And then like I, when I went to university, everyone's kind of like focused on one thing. Right. But then like, it's so like short term and you know like by the time we move on like you know like where is life gone and stuff and so you know like i think uh traveling is one of those things where you you get this really refreshing perspective on like how people actually approach life and i think that's kind of a big thing is right you know it's like i wouldn't say like you know my perspective that just become like a rat race but it's like you know it's like you know i think it's a reality check right when you're like you know in a different country and people have different sort of cultures and then you're like wow you know like sure. people care about different things than what i care about and i don't know this because i surround myself with like people who i think i want to be and so i think just having a more yeah. rational holistic approach than one of these is definitely traveling is like something uh like it's never too late to start right but i think uh, at different points yeah. it means different things so i guess it's a regret that you haven't been able to travel as much as you'd like to yeah um okay cool and where would you like to travel like what uh what's like a place that you definitely want to check out next uh i think i would just like to spend some time in asia like i have in yeah. it right but i don't think i'm like as close to like i guess my parents culture as i uh would want to right and i don't think i cared about it when i was young but like, I think that was kind of something I regret because I didn't associate my, I didn't feel like I needed to associate my identity, like, you know, being like, you know, Asian American, but like, you know, yeah. I kind of miss, I think the, or when I like talk to my parents or whatnot and their sort of experiences, I'm like, wow, you know, like I actually never really paid attention, maybe like just as a kid. Right. And so, you know, I think like now it's becoming, uh, especially like a bigger part of your identity or whatnot when you like try to do a little bit of self-discovery on like who you are and everything yeah. and wow like you know this sort of ethnicity in question right it actually like defines kind of like who who i probably uh could be so like you know um i think just being like going to asia for like a little bit or something i think is a, a really good way to i think stay in touch with like you know who um like i i am and everything yeah no that's great i mean i think we've all had like identity crises i mean i think even for me like when i was a kid i mean i'm from india so i i always kind of you know struggled with like who i am you know i mean yeah. definitely like the different schools that i went to and and i think to your point look you're, you're in san francisco right yeah yeah 
Yeah. So you're in San Francisco. I'm in New York City. Those are like the two powerhouses for um, the, the rat race. So everybody that you know um, is is trying. You know, they have a game plan, right? They're trying to they're trying to you know complete their five year plan, and you know, hopefully, yeah. uh, you know, where you're at, they're probably like, hey, you know, I have a I have a brand new blockchain project. I'm trying to get. Uh, financed and you know try to get to a liquidity event and you know yeah. join the three comma club uh, yeah and and it's the same thing in new york i mean everybody if you're not in finance or now even crypto you're kind of like considered a second you know second class citizen yeah. um but i think you know for me though like looking back um i did feel that when i was younger and i you know a lot of my friends were really successful but then after a while i'm like you know what like i just got to do what works for me and and um you know, I think a lot of people when they get older, they just kind of they just kind of feel that they can, you know, do whatever they want. You you find a lot of people now just getting burned out, and they you know take a few months off, you know, travel back, and then you know do you know figure out what their next step is. Um, it's pretty interesting. There's a there's an audio book that Oprah just released, and I'm listening to it, and it's only like five hours long, um, but she talks about your sense of purpose. And she says that you really find your purpose when you really do something um, when it's driven by you and not based on what everybody else is doing, right? If everyone else is saying, hey, you know what, like you should, you know, you Nelson should be this, you know, really famous founder and, you know, a billionaire from neutral. Um, that's great that everybody else is saying that, but I mean, it has to also come from you and, and, and be something that you're passionate about. And I think, um, you know, I think after you do some reflection, you're like, man, I, I really know this is what I want to do, you know? Of course. So, yeah. Um, no, that's great. Well, you know, I really appreciate all your time. Um, this was really helpful. I'll plug uh, all of your information. I'll try to find all your blogs and put it in the description. Um, any Anything else for the audience as far as um, – just the mission and then in general, like just decentralized uh, finance um, that, you know, would be helpful for the yeah, audience. I mean, yeah. Just check it out. Like I think um, there, there, yeah. Decentralized finance is I think one aspect to, I think, uh, you know, getting exposure to crypto, right? Like I think we're very relevant to, you know, all walks of life. I would say, you know, like retail investors, yeah. um, people in crypto, people who haven't been in crypto. Right. And uh, I think it, that, that's kind of one of the biggest things um, that uh, we sure. like to get across. So yeah, if there's like, I guess anybody that, you know, wants to know a little bit about what we do and everything, you know, like we're, we're kind of like active and everything and there's definitely ways to reach out to us. So yeah. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nelson. I appreciate your time and uh, you know, proud to be part of the, uh, the community with you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Paul. Yep. Take care. Bye. Bye. Yep, see ya. See ya.